0: Welcome back to Vitamin D Dawn Day here So I'm coming to you thinking about fear What is fear? How have you allowed fear to control your life? While we can't avoid fear The question becomes how do we deal with it? How do we look fear in the face? Because when we see fear in the mirror We see ourselves With my guest on this episode Fear is nothing new Starting a business is one of the hardest things you can do just from running this podcast, figuring if I have the right guest, figuring if the messaging is right, figuring if everything's on par. But then I have to remind myself, Dawn, you are true to this. Vitamin D just didn't pop up yesterday. I came up with vitamin D 10 years ago, all in the mode of inspiring people to get excited about their lives. So when we look at fear, we have to remember that fear is false evidence appearing real. It's all an illusion. It's just an emotion and it comes and it goes. And when we take a second to stop and think about it, fear isn't that bad at all. It's actually the jumpstart to us living our wildest dreams. Tisha Skinner, AKA the Smoothie King, AKA my guest, understands that so much of life, business, love, is understanding your gut feelings and trusting them.
1: You're always gonna be afraid. You're always gonna get hurt. There's gonna be scars, but you have to continue to do it in order to reap the rewards.
0: Even when fear is telling you, you can't. So without further ado, it's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Well, I want to say that I am so honored and I'm grateful to, to be in the presence of the Smoothie Queen, Miss <laughs> Tisha Skinner. How are you doing? And welcome to the Vitamin D podcast. Well, thank
1: you for having me. I'm doing great. Um, you know. It's been crazy these last couple of months, but we're hanging in there. We're doing
0: good. <laughs> the norm is now that we're out, we're wearing masks. You can't touch people. You can't hug people. You're forced to really get to know yourself. Yeah,
1: it's revolutionary is how I look at it. We, we're evolving.
0: I think we're getting everything that we asked for. And I was telling somebody the other day, and when you think about You know, you talk about 2020 and you talk about having that vision. It's a clarity sense. And a lot of things are being cleansed. A lot of people are, you got to find out what's going on inside of you. And guess what? The mode of survival is to love on somebody else. It is. In a sense of, I have to wear a mask so I can protect you. And in protecting you, I'm protecting me.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I never looked at it that way, but yeah, that's absolutely right.
0: And, and, you know, it, it's a time for beginnings. It's a time for being still. So I feel like a lot of things that people are having questions about with self or just in aspirations of what they want to do. I was reading um, and learning about you, and CJ was telling me as well, of just by, about being that inspirational, like, force and um, mm-hmm. just the whole mode of being the smoothie queen. So tell me a little bit about you. I know that you're from Brooklyn, originally from Barbados.
1: Exactly. I was going to go there. So yeah, I'm I'm
0: originally Caribbean. I was born in Barbados. Um, Most
1: people don't know where that is. Um, Rihanna's from there. That's usually how we get people to know where we're from. Um, So I was born there. My parents um, were immigrants to America. Um, They came here first and then they brought me over when I was about seven years old and I moved to Brooklyn. And as a seven-year-old, I had to learn quickly how to evolve because you know how kids are. I'm getting teased. I have an accent. I'm from a different country. So I learned how to kind of play the game and assimilate in order to get where I needed to be to a point where I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so um, growing up in Brooklyn was very exciting. Um, I grew up, I don't want to date myself, but you know, in the hip-hop era, you know, being a part of that form of history and always wanting to. own my own business, like just seeing um, businesses in New York, never being owned by someone that looks like me, completely inspired me. And that was one of my dreams. One day I'm going to own my own business and be my own boss since
0: I was little. Now your parents, what kind of work did they do?
1: My dad worked at a bank and my mom worked at a bank as well. Um, Basically more customer facing positions. Um, Never an entrepreneurial type of um, job. Um, However, my dad, growing up in New York, he was the president of the Barbados organization in New York. Mm -hmm. So I always saw him speaking to large groups of people. And I would always sit there and be like, oh, man, my dad is awesome. So growing up, seeing him always presenting and always speaking to people, I think it took me out of my shell and made me very... um, Outgoing, outspoken. Um, I pretty much talk to everyone. So I get that from my parents as well.
0: Oh, wow. And such a, just <laughs> a force to be reckoned with of all that you're saying and all of the kind of like the amazing things that you're doing. And what I was finding so interesting about your story, and this was in our brief conversation that we had. And mm-hmm. you talked about the fact of, one, the importance of empowering women, but then also yes. two- what it means to break through fear. And I think sometimes fear can be just like how you said, walking into a new environment, being the only one that looks like you, having aspirations that maybe you don't see in your surroundings. So that's forced you to be more than what you are. But here's the thing, you don't even realize what it takes to get to where you need to be because it's not in the environment and where you can reach. And so that's why, um, yeah. in a sense, it's that whole thing when you talk about fear, stepping outside of the comfort zone?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've always been fearless. Um, I think it was kind of ingrained in me as a child. No, really? Always? Always. I'm always the risk taker. I'm always on the roller coaster. I'm that friend that will bungee jump.
0: Me too, um, I did that.
1: I remember not having, <laughs> right? I remember growing up not having a bike because, you know, my parents didn't have much. And I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was about 13 years old when I had a friend that had a bike. That was my very first time on a bike, and I fell about a hundred (laughs) times on that bike and just kept getting up and kept getting up and kept getting up. And even today, when I'm going through tough times, I think about how I taught myself how to ride a bike and how I never gave up. It hurt. I got bumps, bruises, scrapes that I still have to this day, but in the end, I learned how to ride a bike, and that's how I approach life. Um, there, you're always going to be afraid. You're always going to get hurt. There's going to be scars, but you have to continue to do it in order to reap the rewards.
0: But how did you know that there was a reward on the other end? What put inside you instilled in you to keep going?
1: The reward of being able to ride a bike because I felt like I was at a disadvantage (laughs) because I never knew how to do that. And I'm 13 years old. So I guess hmm, now you've got me thinking my drive is... It could be recognition. I think that that's a big one. Um, I love being the first to do things. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I'm the first Black woman to own a Smoothie King in a, in a national airport. I love yes,
0: it. BW. I love it too. Independently owned. Yeah. And operated.
1: The only one. Um, I actually started um, Smoothie King in an airport and they followed me and then, you know, continued there. But I was the trailblazer. Um, being being the first one in my family to own a business, things of that nature is what makes me jo- brings me joy. So I think that I'm a risk taker and the reward is not monetary. It's always um, kind of like this feeling within myself that I know I've accomplished something that I worked really hard at.
0: Yes, yes, I love <laughs> that. And you know, it just reminds me of that quote that I hear sometimes. And it said that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard because there's a mm-hmm. sense of this whole perseverance and, you know, just seeing the fact, OK, you're owning these Smoothie Queens, but just like how you were falling off that bike. Right. You were talking about there was a moment in which you purchased a Smoothie King and had some some difficulties financially and actually had to shut it down. Tell me about yeah. that.
1: I would like to equate that to my 2020, but it was back in 2006 or seven. So it was at a point where, um, so I had opened up a Smoothie King. I was currently employed with Colgate-Palmolive. I had um, an executive um, position with them. Mind you, one of the youngest and one of the only African-Americans at that company to hold that position at that time. Um, So I was doing pretty well for myself, but I just wasn't happy in the corporate environment. I just didn't like people telling me what to do when I knew that that wasn't the right thing to do. And just playing the politics and the games, I just was never comfortable in that space. Someone once told me that I'm unemployable because I'm a boss, right? So a boss can't be led. <laughs> Come on. So um, I was unhappy. I decided to um, take a take a risk. Here I go, my risk-taking self. And I, I, I resigned. They actually wanted me to relocate to Chicago. They relocated me to Atlanta. I was on the fast track. My next move was Chicago. And I gracefully declined and uh, went back to grad school and opened up a smoothie king. So things were going great. Everything was fabulous. The economy was booming at that time. We were doing great. And then The next year came and the housing market crashed and everything completely fell apart. So people are losing their homes. It's hard for them to justify buying a treat like a smoothie when they can't pay their mortgage.
0: What made you want to open a smoothie cake? (laughs) Um, Well, I always
1: wanted to own my own business. And at the time I was married and it actually was my ex-husband's idea. I'm going to give him credit for that. He's like, hey, if we're going to do a business, let's do something health, healthy because that's where the trends are going to go pretty soon. Everyone wants to be healthy. And he was a real outdoorsy type of person. So he introduced me to Smoothie King. And, you know, as us women, we'll take something and we'll incubate it and turn it into greatness. Right. right. So it was his idea that sparked it in me and that I took it and ran with it and ended up opening my first store in Chamblee, Georgia. Um, but at that time... Timing is everything. Location, location, and timing. Those are the <laughs> those are the things that will make you successful. So um things changed, and it was very hard for me to make the decision to close my business because this was my baby. I put everything into this, all of my savings 401k, all the money I had in the bank, this thing had to work. And at that time it wasn't working. And acknowledging that, hey, Everything I'm doing is just not gonna, it's not gonna pan out. And knowing when to walk away was a challenge, but it was the best thing that I've ever done. Because by doing so, it taught me what I need to do in the next step. And I kind of feel like it wasn't the right timing. Um, like I said, my ex-husband, so (laughs) he was my partner. And sometimes when you're tied, well, tethered to someone who Is not. How can I say this right without being mean (laughs) when you're tied to someone?
0: You're saying like maybe equally yoked with someone and it's a a tie, just not equally yoked, uh, a balance on the same vibration.
1: Yeah, not equally yoked. But if God wants to bless you and you're tied to someone that isn't deserving of that blessing at that moment, then you're not going to get blessed either. I always call those people blessing blockers because you gotta be very careful who you mix with because if it's not for that person, then it's not for you when you're tied to them, right? So at that time, I kind of felt like God was cleaning up everything. And to me, it looked like the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, Dealing with embarrassment of failure, like everyone seeing that we're gonna have to close the store laying off my employees. It's just like how it is today. And just walking away and not beating myself up. That was pretty hard. And then start over again. Because after that, you know, most people would be like, oh, I'm done. I'm not doing a Smoothie King or any other business anymore. I I failed at it. But knowing me, Miss 13-year-old trying to learn how to ride a bike, of course, I had to get back on and try again.
0: When you had the one that was in Atlanta um, or in the Georgia area. Mm -hmm. Yes. Were you still married at the time?
1: I was. So I ended up losing the store, filing for bankruptcy, getting a divorce, oh. losing my home, Whoa. losing my car, oh. relocating, all in the same year. Wait <laughs> like a within minute. a six month time period.
0: Tish, that's a whole other story. Now we're talking about life. You know, like yeah. everyday life stuff, having a dream. And balancing life. When it came down to when you saw, now I understand when you're saying that that cleansing that God does. And I always tell people like, you have to treat people as if you have a white outfit on. You just, you're mindful about who gets close to yeah. you. Because like you said, you know, we all are these energies and we carry one another. And if you're not bringing me up, you're bringing me down. But it also seems as though, you know, there was a cleansing that had to be done, like how you said. But... Ooh. Interesting enough, when you you talk to people and you spoke about this really quickly and you said uh, about things being happening at the right timing, and it doesn't necessarily mean that something's not for you. It's just a matter of a just not yet.
1: just not yet. Or it's your time, but you're not ready for everything that I'm about to give you. So I'm going to need you to take a step back so that I can give you more or get rid of things that that you're holding on to so that I can give you more. So
0: So what was God telling you?
1: Um, well, at the time I was very stressed out. I'm not going to lie. It was very challenging. As a matter of fact, um, black enterprise wrote an article, six pages about me failing. I said, dad, mom, I knew I would make it in black enterprise, but I never thought it would be for my failures and not my success. So, um, but you know, I'm very transparent. I share a lot because I feel like my story can help others. Um, a lot of times business owners, they, they do, um, presentations and they make it seem like it's so easy. And when it's really not, I'm here to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly about being a business owner. Yes, you're going to have days where you don't want to get up. You're going to have days when you cry a lot. You're going to have failures. But at the
0: end, you know,
1: if this is really your passion, hang in there and you'll see the results of all of your hard work.
0: Definitely. I think about even myself, like I've just been challenged myself in new things. And the thing is, like, when you are going after something, you don't have everything mapped out. Like you're figuring out step by step, trying to get to a point where you're offering yourself grace and then trying to in the midst of being in a sense, what I want to say, fearful, because you don't know the next step. And you know that it makes you nervous, whether you're sleeping up all night, but still holding on to the promise, because for whatever reason, you had ambition to do it. And making sure that you see it through. Being your own cheerleader in the storm, in a sense. Exactly.
1: A thing that I always tell people is when something is put on your heart, you need to move. Oh. I could have sat there and been like, no, I'm not letting go. But God told me, let it go. It's going to be okay.
0: But how about this? Sometimes not only will God tell you to let it go, take it right out of your hands.
1: Yeah. Let it go or I'm going to take it. (laughs) Pretty much. And then, and then even my move back to Maryland was just so strange. Like when I love Baltimore, I was like, Oh, I'm never coming back. I don't like it in Baltimore. I like New York, blah, blah, blah. And look at that tenfold. I'm back in Baltimore. I was working for a nonprofit. It was fun. I learned a lot, but I always had that passion. I wanted my store back. So this is where my story gets really interesting. Mm. One morning I was talking to a friend of mine. I was just miserable. And she's like, what made you happy, T? And I was like, you know what? Having my store really made me happy, even though um, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I really enjoyed interacting with my customers and my team members. I really love that. And she said, so why don't you get your store back? So at that moment, I could have procrastinated and waited and like talked myself out of it like we always do. But I got up and I said, you know what? I'm going to get my store back. I called up Smoothie King, hadn't talked to them in five years. They remembered me. They were like, How are the boys? How are your sons? How are you? I filled them in on where I was. They were like, Are you kidding me? We have a store in Maryland wow. that needs your help. If you can get in touch with this owner, We'll keep this store open if you're involved. And I filed bankruptcy with them. Like what company would even give you another opportunity like that? They really had to believe in me. So I called up the owner. Come to find out she's from New York. She's from Queens. I'm from Brooklyn. We connected okay. instantly that night. She calls me up and she's like, Hey, can you come to my house? I'm like, it's nine o'clock at night. Is this safe? <laughs> well, anyway, I go over there and she tells me that she prayed for help and she feels like I was sent to her to help her, but she was helping me because at that time I was unemployed. I had just um, gotten over my, my battle with cancer. That's another story. Okay. So I was, just getting back. I was just getting back into the groove of things and for her to give me this opportunity to do something that I was passionate about again, invigorated me. So her and I partnered, she gave me 50% of the business, gave it to me, no money transfer, nothing. She was just tired. And she said, hey, if you run this business, I'll be silent and you can buy me out at any time for this amount. So I'm like, this is my, this is my other chance. So I walk into the store and almost passed out because it is a duplicate of the store that I had in Atlanta, the same setup. It was like the store's twin. So God took it away and gave it right back to
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think you had to get? There was something you had to get.
1: As far as well, what you said you mean?
0: before that things are about the timing, and sometimes things are given yeah. to us that you're not holding on to or not ready to receive. And so at this moment, everything yeah. was positioned to happen to be for you. And it's interesting because while you know you ask God for His blessing, and I think God wants to bestow those things on our lives, right? But there was a lot of transitional movement because who's to say, you know, whatever your dealings of separating from your relationship, that was a love that was a loss in a sense. Also, you were fighting for your life in this moment as well. Yeah,
1: I think my lesson, you know, sometimes you get off track from your purpose and sometimes things have to happen so you can get back on track because we all have a purpose here. And I think that going through all those things made me focus on what I was passionate about. And don't get me wrong. It's not smoothies. So everyone thinks, oh, you do smoothies. No, I am passionate about molding and building our youth because that's what I do. Um, I give a lot of my team members their very first job and I teach them how to pretty much run a business. I teach them marketing skills, sales skills, just by being around me. Um, what are the chances that you get to hang around the president of a company and get to see what they do? And that president looks like you, right? It's pretty cool. So I give them that opportunity. And I have, even in my Atlanta store, I have kids. Well, they're grown now, but I gave them their first chance. I, gave, I love hiring new job, new, new employees, like never had a job before. I gave them their first chance. And when I look at them now, they're so successful. Like I have a team member who is an on air anchor for the news in Boston. I have another one who is like this really awesome lifestyle person in Vegas. Another one that is Chris Brown's PR agent. Wow. So when I look back and they all call me mom, they all love me. They all I, like, I think a couple of months ago, I figured it out. And I was like, that's my purpose. I'm here to groom the youth.
0: And I posted
1: it on Facebook and they all responded. You showed me how to um, live a life of abundance versus struggling. You showed me how they all chimed in and that was so overwhelming. And that is my purpose. That is my purpose. The lives that I touch. And it's so trivial, like, Oh, a smoothie. It's not a big deal but it's more than that. When I look at how I touch lives, you know, so.
0: And, and even when you're saying like, I saw that you saw you were giving back to different kids in the community, teaching them different trades or just everyday skills. Like what, what kind of giving back are you doing?
1: So um, in my previous life, um, that's how I know CJ, him and I facilitated um, a soft skills training at Civic, Civic Works in Baltimore City. Um, I previously was a director at um, Center for Urban Families in Baltimore, so I did a lot of work there. Um, Currently, right now, I haven't really found a way to give back that much in the community that my stores are in, but I I need to figure out exactly what I want to do. But I think that I do because I mentor the kids that work for me. But I would like to expand that. And and that's why I'm doing this interview with you now because, okay, I've built my empire. Now it's time for me to help others build theirs is what I would like to do.
0: And you know what I love because even, you know, talking about the next thing and what you're doing is that you had listed on there about being a, you know, motivational speaker and doing some business coaching. And I think, the thing that makes it amazing, yes, because you own these franchises, yes, that's amazing. You can put in the work, but uh-huh. I, it's like the thing that makes it extraordinary for me is to know what the battles that you pers- you persevered through. Yeah. So it was like the testament. Yeah. That's when I saw, honestly, yes, I can't understand because I don't have a business yet onto the magnitude of a Smoothie King. But I can understand to want something so bad and it drops and then gets back up. And then to have that be so invested in the dream, but not only in the career aspect, but all of life, because we do have to lick of the pie. And that's another thing. We talk about balance because there is the actual business aspect. Then you have to think of the actual health aspect. Then it's time to think about the whole, you know, family aspect yes. and figuring out where those pieces go. How do you balance it all?
1: It's tough. So I'm a single mom. I have two sons, two amazing sons i know every mom says that about their kids but mine are really truly amazing okay okay um i have a 20 year old and he branched out out on his own at 18 he is a sony producer he's traveled the world he lives on his own he's living his complete best life like when i want to see him i've got to go to thailand to visit him that's how awesome his life is right now so i'm super super proud of him um And then I have a younger one who's 15. He loves basketball, just got his braces. He's going through the whole teenage thing. And he's totally awesome as well. The sweetest kid ever. But from raising them, they have complaints. Can you believe it? I think I'm a super mom. But to my kids, they have challenges with me. Mm -hmm. I'm never, I'm always in store mode. So And they work for me. So that makes it even even worse because <laughs> I treat them like employees at home. I treat them like employees at work. So learning how to balance that is very hard. Another complaint they had is that I'm always busy. So, for instance, I'm home at 7, so I cook dinner, and then I go back on my computer. I don't get a chance to do that quality time. So right now, this pandemic is helping me reconnect with my son's because my stores were closed for a little while and I was able to kind of like build that bond in that relationship again. So that's a hard thing to do because you want to win so bad at what your passion is, but then you've got these other passions as well that you have to pour into. And even though that's the only complaint they have that I'm not as present as they would like me to being a single mom, I think I did an awesome job. You know, if that's the only complaint. I'm doing pretty good. You know, is how I look at it. So juggling um, your your kids and relationships. I'm also single trying to date. So that's a
0: challenge as well. How do you have time today? Really?
1: I don't that's why I'm single because a lot of people that I try to build a relationship with, they get completely aggravated and frustrated with me because they'll be like, hey, let's go out and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll meet you. oh well, never mind, I can't. something happened at the store. So it's very challenging because my time is limited since it's just me. But, you know, I guess when the right person comes along, they'll know how to fit into my world as well. That's how I look at it.
0: But it's, it's a challenge. I think about that too. And I think it's, it's really will real because, you know, I have a lot of aspirations and a lot of dreams and things that I would like to do. But the reality of the situation too is that it requires time. It does. And, and it's a situation of, you know, you got to make the room. And, enforce, and I, I'm, I'm saying this to myself because I've been going, going back and forth. And uh, I don't think things are going to show up unless you open your eyes to see them. And yeah. I myself, and it's like, how can you do it? Somebody can say, oh, well, that's easy. Wouldn't you want a relationship more? But you're going to be in a relationship and not have your dream and still be miserable?
1: A relationship takes a lot of time. A good relationship.
0: <laughs> because
1: you can have some others that you know might not take that much time. But a good relationship takes a lot of time. And that's something that most of the time I don't have. So like, if if I'm dating someone, I'll do, okay, Thursdays is our day and I'll see you on Thursdays and that's it. I'm not seeing you Saturday, Sunday, it's Thursday. That's your day. So it kind of becomes a challenge. And, you know, one day I'll get married again. I've been divorced for almost 12, 13 years. I would like to get married again, but
0: um, I guess that will
1: come along once my purpose is fulfilled.
0: So let me ask you this. If Mm -hmm. if you didn't get married again, would you be okay? Yeah, because I've been
1: married before. Been there, done that. Got the T-shirt.
0: Okay, so let me rephrase (laughs) that again. If you uh, were to stay single for the rest of your life, would you be okay with that? I don't know. That's
1: a tough one. What do you mean by single? So, marriage to me is just the paperwork. But if I could find a nice partner, like I'm looking for a Steadman, you know, someone that can be a good lifelong partner and supportive, because I'm sure. Oprah's a lot busier than I am, you know? (laughs) So actually the paper part of it, the marriage part isn't what's important. It's the happiness and the partnership that that person can give me. That's most important.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. And that's why I was like, let me refer this to a relationship because I imagine that it takes time for those special moments for that I just popped in to say, hey, and and I can see how, and even in my own life of just going, it's like, well, wait a minute now. You know, what is it really adding up to? But- you know, I think sometimes as women, and I can speak to myself, even as a younger Dawn, I think a lot of ways I might've hid behind my work, like kept it a way to keep me busy. It was kind of like a scapegoat. And yeah. I even looked like my mom, she she died of stage four breast cancer. And I look at her situation and she fought through that. But then I went back to work a couple of weeks later because that's just what I know how to do. And I notice different areas. And I, it's, yeah. I find it always interesting when talking to other successful women, like, You know, would it be okay? Like, we're present now and we understand how boss babes we are. But then having that other side that may, you know, that... uh, Abu, uh, someone you can come home to. the fuzzy side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was just wondering how that fits.
1: Yeah, and I'm working on that. But then there's other dynamics too. I've got girlfriends. I've got, you know, family members that want my time. I've got... You know, my parents as well as they get older, they're going to require more of my time. So it's a constant juggling act and only the strong survive is how I look at it. And not physically strong, but mentally strong, knowing that there's nothing that can be thrown your way that you can't handle. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And that even though it's hard, I'm going to get through it and I will be fine. And I'm going to look back at this and say, wow, I'm amazing. So, like, even through my whole story, I look back and I've known people who've crumbled for just one of the things that had happened to me. And I'm like, man, how do I get through that? And it's it's so um, far gone that I don't even remember, like, the pain or the sadness that I went through through a lot of my struggles, especially being sick Um that was pretty hard because I started thinking, who's going to take care of my kids? You know
0: all. What kind things. of cancer did you have?
1: I had uterine cancer, yes, and I, I suspect this might be another topic for the show, but I suspect it came from an IUD. They are very dangerous, so <laughs> I don't know if like, yeah, I suspect that it did.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? Well, so you found out that you had this uh, uterine cancer, and and what? Um, they tried
1: to remove it and then it, it, that didn't work. So this was a year's process of me being sick. I was completely sick. I had like all these complications you can ever think of. This is the enemy trying to take me out. It wasn't happening.
0: Just trying to take your mind, but you know who's you are. Yeah. I ended up having, um,
1: a hysterectomy, which I love. And, um... When I had that done, I actually caught a hospital-borne infection and almost died again. (laughs) So it was just, it was just a really, as a matter of fact, I was just with my doctor last week and he was like, every time I see you, I'm like, thank God, because you really scared me. Like I was going to lose, I felt like I was going to lose my patient. That's how bad it was. But no, 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 my work here is not done. So the funny thing about it is no one knew that I was going through that. Wow. Only my parents and like close family. So a year after it had all happened, I posted on Facebook and said, you know, today is significant because I went to see my doctor and he said, see you in a year. When when the doctor says that after you've had cancer, that's the best news you can ever have. Because I was seeing him every month or two. He said, see you in a year. And that was the first time I shared it. And all of my friends and family, they were outraged. Like, why didn't you tell us? Because I need to be positive in my head. And I think that that is the biggest thing that gets me through my fear. Just being positive. Like, I know I could do this. I got this. You go girl type of mentality that I never, it never leaves my mind. Even on my darkest days where I'm sad there's a little voice that says, you got this.
0: okay, And that always you. drives
1: me. to want to do more.
0: Mm-hmm. When was the last time you cried? Um, I haven't cried in
1: a while, but I'm a crier. Um, it hasn't been this year. It was probably last year. Last year was a rough year for me. 2018, 2019 was really, really rough. So right now everyone's panicking with COVID. I'm like, this is nothing compared to what I went through. So, in the beginning of 2018 is when I started to grow. Well, 2016 is when I started to grow, not by choice with my business. So, this is another way how God comes in and gives you a little push when you're not ready. Come on. So, I had taken a job working for um, the, the local liquor liquor um, distributor here in Maryland. So, I was the state manager for multicultural events and activations for Diageo and Moet Hennessy. Great job, glamorous. I'm hanging out with Diddy. I'm like hanging with all the celebrities. I'm VIP. I'm getting in all the clubs, but I was miserable. And someone told me the reason why you hate that job is because you're the realest person I know and you're around fakeness. You're like a a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this isn't for me. Maybe if I was 25, but at 40 something, I was really tired. (laughs) So I ended up resigning from that job. And at the time, a friend of mine just randomly mentioned that he knew someone at the airport and that they were looking for a Smoothie King opportunity. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm okay with my one store. I'm not stressing myself out. And he's like, no, this is the airport. This is big. And literally just like how I came to the store in Maryland and she pretty much gave it to me Literally, it was that same situation. Like, okay, just pick where you want to go. I'm like, that that never happens for anyone. It happened for me because that's my destiny. Um, Even after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't want any more stores. And then I opened Laurel because it just lined up perfectly. So here I am by myself, three stores. I'm losing my mind. So one of my stores needed to be uh, remodeled. And I hired someone that... Sometimes they say, don't go cheap because (laughs) you get what you pay for. Mm. But it was someone that, you know, gave me a really good deal. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this. This guy stole all my money, gutted my business and disappeared. So I had a store that was closed for 10 months, 10 months of rent that's owed, 10 months of employees that need to be paid, 10 months of gas and electric, 10 months, no income. That's when I cried because that was pretty scary. Mm -hmm. but everything worked out. I was able to sell the store. So I had three, I sold one last June. So now I have two and I was able to reboot. And then I, I got a business partner at one of the locations that helped me kind of streamline everything. So the beginning of 2020, I was back in my stride. So COVID, yes, it affected me. Yeah, how has it affected business? COVID has definitely affected my business, but because I've been through so much, I'm not panicking. Because I know it'll work out. It's different now because before it was just me. Now it's everybody. So it's kind of like, it's a little bit easier to deal with. So my airport location has been closed since March. Um, of course people aren't traveling as much, so it didn't make any sense to stay open. We weren't making any money. So we're looking at reopening maybe in August or maybe in the middle of July, once people start feeling safe again. And my Laurel store that was closed for about a month, but I reopened to do, um, carry out and contactless, um, pickup and delivery. And we've been doing better than we did last year. So the blessing is coming after the storm. And that's what I try to tell a lot of people. Like, if this is your passion, hang in there because there's nothing that can deter you from where you're going. Just hang in there. If it's for
0: you, it's yours. Has your name on it. The promise was already given to you.
1: It was already given. Even us, today's speaking that was destined because what are the chances (laughs) of us getting together? So, you know, everything for a reason is how I always look at it.
0: It's interesting. um, I mirror a lot of the things that you say, just with your drive, your ambition, the, the, the go-getter attitude. My mother, I was raised by a single mother. My dad died when I was three months, but I say that because I look at myself after being raised by a woman who had battled breast cancer three times and then died on stage four. But it wasn't until she had the third bout that I realized it was a serious moment. And I say that because yeah. I didn't realize that that there was a such thing as being weak or that, that there was anything that I could not do, which I feel on one end was a good thing. But then on the other end, it, it the, the receiving of support and help, not that I didn't want it, but I didn't know how to receive it nor did ask for it because I was so used to just carrying it on my own. And I realized for me where I found more strength in myself is allowing to receive support.
1: Yes. Same here. So I'm learning to be
0: vulnerable.
1: That's tough for me. (laughs) That's tough for me. Just learning to say, Hey, I need help. I'm I'm I can't do it alone. I'm vulnerable instead of tr- always trying to be the super woman. Yeah, I'm a super woman, but I'm still a woman. And I and, you know, that question, of when was the last time you cried? It hasn't been a while. But when I cried, I cried a lot. It was over everything. My hair didn't look right. I cried because it was it was just, you know, keeping all those emotions inside. They need to come out at some point. So yeah, I agree with you. Learning to be vulnerable is the hardest thing that, I, that I've, that uh, you know, tried to accomplish thus far.
0: And it's like naked, like see me for what I am. And it's like, even in, like I was saying, in my process of just things that I'm developing when it comes to my weekend segment, to even coming to this level that I'm bringing the podcast to, to doing my improv. And it's like, I want to encourage people that you got to keep pressing. And that fear, the only thing yes. that with the fear, use it as fuel, while I don't think there's a belief yeah. in it because it is that false evidence appearing real, but it is a feeling and it's an energy and a vibration that you need to challenge it so that it works for you. But realizing instead of running away when you receive it, just go ahead forward. And I look at all the instances in your life, you've just pressed forward because whatever was on that other side, you weren't even looking that way.
1: You'll look fair and do it anyway. But there's a downside to that because when you're so strong, people don't really, they don't really support you as much because they're like, oh, she's got it. She's got it. We're not worried about her. Listen to my problems. I'm the one (laughs) that has problems. So you never get a chance to be vulnerable because you're surrounded by people who never understand what you're going through because you've always been that person that can handle everything.
0: I remember one time I was with a friend and I think I was having a moment I broke down and cried and they were looking like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I had that moment, too. (laughs) And that's why I said when I saw you, I saw me and I said, wow, not just in the sense of your drive, your willpower, what you've done, how you've done with your just everything. And it's like that other component where it's like, "Okay, if I was sitting there listening, I need to hear and to see because it's like, wow, okay, a lot is going to be required for this greatness that we call purpose. But in that moment, understanding the timing, like you mentioned, understanding how the clearing of the house, how you mentioned, keeping the faith that even when it doesn't look like it's going to work out, when God says he can work in an instant and in an instant, your path was laid for you.
1: In an instant,
0: literally. Oh, you did. You just kept walking. What? Yeah. And even. Yeah. Having this successful business, I think one of them, you said within two years, garnered almost a million dollars, 750000
1: Well, that was Columbia. When I took it over, it was a failing store. I think it had done 190. And after me having it for a year, I got it to 400. And then after that, I got it to King's Club, which is the highest percentage of sales for a store single handedly
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I wasn't playing. I had something to prove. Right. And then the airport, the airport is the number one store in the region. Um, we did like 1.1 mil last year, um, making stuff with that one. And Laurel is that's my baby because it's the newer store. But they're they're a force to be reckoned with as well. I'm seeing the potential there. And I think that my my businesses are successful. Um, not because of the brand, but because of the spirit in the store. Mm. So for instance, um, my Columbia store, it's different now since I'm not the owner. And people call me all the time, like, it's just different because my aura isn't there anymore Um, because it's my purpose. So my Laurel store, I noticed um, with COVID, it forced me to be in the store a lot and I'm seeing the sales just skyrocket because when I'm there, my team members mimic me and it's always service, service oriented is what my thing is. And when I'm there, I feel like my spirit is there as well. Same thing for the airport. Um, so a lot of times people want to start their own business because they want to be on a yacht relaxing. Uh -uh. When you own a small business, you work harder than you've ever worked period. I think I posted something on Facebook that said, I don't have a nine to five. I have a, when I open my eyes to when I close my eyes and that's literally what it takes. And you will eventually get to that yacht relaxing, but you got a lot of work to do to get there. And I think that that is the, is the misconception that a lot of people have about being an entrepreneur. They think, oh, it's just luxurious. No, uh, this is hard work. You're gonna have challenges. You're gonna have employees that don't wanna come to work. You're gonna have taxes. You're gonna have (laughs) customers that are mad about things and get on social media and tear your whole business apart. It's just so many different pieces to this thing called owning your own business. And I wanna make sure that I do talk about the good things, but also let people know there are going to be some negative things that you got to be prepared for because when they come, you got to fight through them. Don't give up.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a it's like a quote that I always hear from Les Brown that I love, and he says, "If you can look up, you can get up."
1: I love him.
0: <laughs> Maybe Brown's baby boy.
1: I got a chance to meet him last year. I nearly passed out. You would think that I was like meeting Michael Jackson or something. I was like so thrilled to meet him. Yes.
0: Really? Okay. So, which brings me to my next. You had talked about you wanted to write your book, interested in motivational speaking. What's the book going to be about?
1: So the book is about what we just discussed. So, and this is, this is the universe aligning again. So I went to Morgan State, go MSU. And my very first time at Morgan, I had no friends. So I, I came to Morgan by myself, no friends at all. And the first day there, maybe it was the second, I met this girl named Diane. She was from New York. She's from upstate New York. And we became friends. She was my very first friend, friend in college. So fast forward to today, she's a huge publisher. She's got her own publishing company. And she's like, Tisha, you need to tell your story. I'm going to help you. So we've teamed up and we're working on my book. So the premise of my book is exactly what we discussed today, like showing entrepreneurs, especially women, how to juggle everything that we go through. And I'm, I'm telling the good, the bad and the ugly in my book and making sure that you know that if this is your passion, you need to continue to progress and never give up. So that's pretty much the premise of my book. CJ's always getting on me to finish it. I need to finish it because I get distracted by other things like the store and just everyday things. But my son told me the thing that you're running away from is usually the thing that's going to be, that's, that's your purpose. So I'm like, okay, book, I got you. (laughs) Let me get started on it. So yeah, hopefully it'll be out soon. I don't have a name yet, but I do have most of it put together and it's just going to be something that's motivational and just sharing my story and allowing other women to feel the way I feel. Yes, I had some failures, but then I've got some wins too.
0: But I love I I love to hear because when I see you and I and you're telling me about the franchises you've owned and the how you're able to flip it and turn around the money, being the first African American woman to be in the airport. Yeah. You become reachable to me when you say, Dawn, I got divorced. Dawn, yeah. I battled cancer. Dawn, I left my store. Dawn, I have to be more present in my, or my kids say about being present, because I think sometimes people don't realize that there is that, that, that juggle that you're going to have to do and how, if you are going after something, why right now is not the case, what it is that you have to get and the season and your timing for it all. So I'm looking forward to the book.
1: Maybe you were that little push that I needed. If Diane's watching this, she's going to be like, thank you. <laughs> she's been trying to get me and CJ as well. So I'm I'm going to get it done. I'm going to get it in, in, in due time. It will be done. Yes.
0: What do you see next for yourself in the next five, 10 years? Are you still at Smoothie King? Are you, what are you doing? Well, I, I really like Smoothie King,
1: um, Some days are better than others, but I think ultimately when I see a guest come in and they are like, oh my gosh, I lost 40 pounds and those little success stories and just seeing my teenagers grow up and going to college, nothing can replace that feeling that I have. I'm like everyone's mom, right? So I still will always keep smoothie king and then it keeps me tangible because It's easy to say I used to own a Smoothie King when I'm presenting, but it's so much more impactful when I say I currently do and I'm doing all this and still, um, you know, coming here to share my story with you. So I just finished the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program, like maybe about um, six or seven months ago. So I worked on my growth plan with them. And actually, I didn't plan for my growth plan to go this way, but I'm looking forward to expanding an airport. So I've got my eye on Atlanta's airport um, and I would be the first um, black woman to own a smoothie king in that airport. Um, And I'm looking at maybe different franchises because you've always got to make yourself you can't put all your eggs in one basket kind of make yourself a lot more marketable by doing different things. So I'm looking at um, body care and deodorant and personal care line. Oh, wow. That's a little passion of mine that I'm working on. Yeah, and then I'm also working on my YouTube channel so I can do more motivational speaking and, and videos and things of this nature. So I'm kind of trying to reinvent myself, but it's hard when you're juggling a lot. And honestly, when I get home, my brain is just dead. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to do anything, but, you know, I've got to focus on these things if I want to move to the next level, because eventually I want to be that person on the yacht in San Pay, sipping on sh- champagne while I'm making money. Isn't that everyone's idealistic Listen, goal, but right? here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing, Tish. I'm already there. In my brain, like I can, I feel my yacht. I feel them coming to me and they're saying, Dawn, you got to step into the voiceover booth. I'm going to go in there. It's going to be a $50,000, $100,000 project. And I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to see all the water for it to see. I even have the name of my yacht. And I think when I think about being successful, I I feel like you have to. That's why they say write the vision and make it plain. Life and death are in the power of the tongue act as if you are. Faith without works are dead because if you're calling to be to the next level, you have to already be. It's not waiting for somebody else to get the accolade. It doesn't necessarily wait for that perfect quote-unquote opportunity or for somebody to recognize you. We were already given authority. We were. It's just waiting for the spiritual realm and the physical realm to manifest. But here's the thing. I feel like with everything you said, you've already known that because you've already done it. And I just hope that Whoever is listening understands and is encouraged by that. How even after you've accomplished and achieved so much, there's still more. There's still more. And still more where you're growing. Yeah, I've got a lot of goals. So eventually I want to be able to
1: walk away from the stores, still have them, but have management in place that I don't have to do so much of the hands on because my brain needs to be 5,000 feet so that I can plan and strategize, not tied up in the minutia of everyday day-to-day things. So I'm working on doing more of that and spending time with my sons, you know, hanging out with my parents as they get a little older and just enjoying life, just slowing down and smelling the roses.
0: I hear you on that. So if you could leave maybe, you know, an aspiring entrepreneur, three tips, life, love, success, relationships, whatever one would need to be a successful entrepreneur, what would you say?
1: I think my first tip would be feel the fear and do it anyway. The second tip would be make sure that you're passionate about whatever you're doing. Passionate meaning if you didn't make any money doing it, would you still do it? And then the third thing would be try to balance your life as best you can. Doesn't matter what's going on in your business. Take a break. The business is not going to fall if you go away for a week. When you come back, you'll just pick up the pieces. But you need your time and your space to kind of get grounded and to love on yourself. And that's what a lot of us forget to do because we're so busy grinding. We forget that we're falling apart, you know. So I think those will be the three things: feel the fear, do it anyway. That's very that says it all. But I think that would be the overarching thing. But yeah, those would be the three tips.
0: I received that. I, I guess I was just here shaken because that's just a <laughs> word for me: slowing down, understanding yes. to give into those moments of, of 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 dawn. Spend time for dawn. Get up and go for a walk. Dawn. Call yeah. and see how somebody's doing on make sure you stop working and go sit down and eat something
1: that is me i never eat i
0: never eat i don't think i have eaten today <laughs> i never ever eat which is terrible that's what i'm saying so you know i think that there is something to learn about it like we're all still figuring it out we're doing the yeah. best as we can and we gotta use each other holding each other accountable so thank you queen for sharing your story Thank you so much for having
1: me. This was awesome. I didn't even feel like I was sharing my story. I felt like I was talking to a girlfriend. So thank you.
0: I appreciate (laughs) you. Um, Now, is there a website? Is there anything? How can we follow you? Somebody wants to get in contact with you. What can they do?
1: So you can follow me on my IG pages for the stores, which would be Smoothie King Laurel and Smoothie King BWI. I also just started a Facebook page. There's not much content, but keep following. It's coming. And it is um, Tish Talks. So it's a uh, Facebook slash Tish Talks. And then I'm creating a website that's tishtalks.com. Or you can email me at, tisha.smoothie- at that's Tisha at smoothiekingmd.com. That's T I S H A at smoothiekingmd for Maryland.com. And I do answer all emails.
0: You hear that? You need some information? Head up, Tisha. Smoothie
1: King and Laurel. Smoothie King and BWI will be open in another month or so, but make sure you support me if you're in the area.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking about fear and how you persevered through everything you've been through. I'm wishing you the thank best you. Queen, And keep elevating and inspiring.
1: Yes, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having this platform so that we can share our story. This, this is what we need.
0: This is what vitamin D is all about, giving you a dose of inspiration and to shed light into your life. Thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to Tish for coming on the show and sharing all of your insights with us. If you like what you heard, you got to make sure you follow Tish at It's Queen tish on instagram and if you're in the dmv area stop by smoothie king she's in laurel as well as the bwi airport which is also in maryland as always for more inspiring conversations each and every monday you can catch us where you get all your podcasts and if you're looking for even more vitamin d I want to encourage you to follow me on all social media at Dawn Day Speaks. That's Dawn, D-A-I speaks on all social media. Until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.